Welcome to the show on Wednesdays at this time. We do something called the Great Debate Series, Perloff, where we take something maybe loosely based on the news, maybe not, put it right here in the blender that is the Maggie and Perloff show. And today, we're talking about college football. The Great Debate Series. We're coming off of two amazing games in the college football playoff semifinal. And that serves as quite the deodorant for what has been a tragic bowl season. The question today, can bowl season be saved? Is it worth saving? And if you're asking me, the answer to that is no. College football is about to go to a 12-team playoff we essentially are getting a playoff we're getting a one and done we're getting the nfl playoffs and what do you think is going to happen it's going to keep expanding from there we know this as sports fans we see this all the time the bulls were already irrelevant for a variety of reasons and they're only going to become more so we have to face the fact that the bowl system while lining the pockets of the administrators and the athletic directors and everyone else, except for the players, of course. It is just outdated. It doesn't fit anymore in this college football landscape. So you're just going to get rid of the bowl games? Yeah, because I got a playoff now. I don't need it. So if you're the number 13, there's 12 teams. If you're the number 13 team, your season's over at Thanksgiving? Well, yeah. Well, why do I want to even play a bowl at this point? If I'm going to the NFL, then I'm not going to play anyway in a meaningless bowl right now i get no money from any of these games i get my nil money but i'm likely getting that anyway where's my incentive and then i because there's no incentive i am getting a terrible product so in the nfl there are 32 teams and 14 make the playoffs so that's almost 50 percent college football uh, the the top five conferences have 60-something teams, and you're saying 12, that's enough of a postseason? Everybody's season should just end, and that's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. So you're saying number, look at some of the teams that did, would have made a 12, like LSU and Notre Dame. Like you, don't, you wanted to see them just end their season basically in Thanksgiving, which is week 10 in the NFL? Aren't they basically ending the season anyway? The, 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 the players can, A, go into the transfer portal before the game. Coaches can yeah. leave the team before their games. I mean, the whole college football is set up, and then after the conference championship games, if you don't make it to the college football playoff, it's over. The sport's telling you it's over right. because coaches are allowed to leave and players are allowed to leave. So, easy fixes. Uh, that I think everyone's jumping on this week. Clearly, they have to move the transfer portal back. Why you're allowed to transfer before the season over makes no sense anyway. Why are you say basically say the season is until the bowl game is over, then you can transfer. I don't think the transfer portal should be allowed. I, I, I love player movement, but why are you allowed to leave before the season's over? If you sign on for one year at Wisconsin, you should have to play the season at Wisconsin, not leave halfway through the season. Not halfway, but 90% of the way. So move the transfer portal back. Also, apply that. The coaches aren't allowed to interview until after the bowl game. Do something like that like the NFL does. And then, here's the ultimate fix. Have a cash prize at the end of the game so everyone wants to play. A significant cash prize. We watch the Final Four. We've watched a lot of bowl games. Just so many commercials. Use some of that revenue instead of just wherever it goes into the ether to support the USC rowing team. I don't even know what they do with that money. 
give that to the players. So the players will have an incentive to be there. Then you can have all the fun with the Pop-Tart Bowl and all this stuff and actually great games. I mean, we all grew up with bowl games that were meaningful. So put a cash incentive for the players to be out there, and boom, you fix everything. Don't let them transfer and make them play in this game. Okay, so two really big obstacles to both of those things. Number one, where if if you try to restrict more player movement here, it might be struck down by the courts. I mean, how is that restricting player movement to say you have to play to the end of the season? I'm telling you, say it and I say it. Right now, the NCAA is one of the most unpopular institutions that we have in this country, and that's saying something. And all these court cases that happen with the NCAA, they're giving you more player movement, not less. So that's one thing that you'd have to, you know, figure out. And the other thing is, you're saying like wave a magic wand and pay these players. That's not going to be easy either. It How is. much do you get? Yeah. What you know? There's no collective bargaining. Like it's easy in the NFL because they have a union and collectively bargained. Yeah. You know how much everyone's making. How much are the pop tarts going to pay each person from wherever? That that is. It's not an easy fix. Yeah, but it's happening because NIL showed you that you have to pay the players, and now it just keeps growing and growing and growing. And NIL has quickly moved past marketing. There's no marketing money anymore. Now it's just pay for play. So they're clearly going to expand that model. Okay, here's a question for you. How much money would you be able to pay Jaden Daniels, who could be a top three pick in the NFL draft this year, to play in a bowl game? So there are maybe three or four quarterbacks who are going to have to sit out these bowl games because they're NFL draft worthy. That's three three teams that are affected by this. I'm not so worried about Yes, Jaden Daniels, but how many Jaden Daniels are there? Well, I think for the most part, you're going to have the best two? quarterbacks you want to watch are going to have made the 12-team playoff. Right, so I know? don't think... so. I The other thing, too, is these bowl games are fun. If you're an LSU fan, don't you want the season to go on and don't you want to watch it on TV? Like, I don't want to get rid of the bowl games. I don't want less college football just to make a point. Yeah, but when you have the type of lopsided scores, like, okay, Kirby Smart... Georgia playing Florida State. Can we hear the Kirby cut, guys? Can we hear Kirby Smart? (laughs) Can we hear Kirby Smart talking about lamenting Georgia's walkover win over Florida State? People need to see what happened tonight, and they need to fix this. It needs to be fixed. It's very unfortunate that they, who has a good football team and a good football program, are in the position they're in. Yeah, you're going to have... You have well, you won't have that particular situation because you're expanding to 12 teams. Okay, but you could still have lopsided, extremely lopsided outcomes that are unwatchable with teams where the financial incentive is not enough to play in the bowl game. Make the financial incentive enough. Well, I mean, you say that, but that's, again, not look, easy. I mean, I hate to say this because I didn't like it, but look, the NBA in-season tournament, these guys were talking about... Well, how much money was it, EJ? Like five hundred thousand dollars, which win. is pocket change to a guy with a two hundred fifty million dollar contract, and they were into it. Okay, so give a small percentage of money, say a hundred thousand dollars per player to the winning team. So here's the thing about the NBA in season tournament versus this: those NBA players, again, part of a union where whatever helps the league helps them. What does one individual Pop-Tarts Bowl do for somebody who is playing at a totally different bowl or anything else? They're all totally disjointed from each other. Me playing in one bowl doesn't help someone else playing in another bowl. Every bowl game has a cash prize. I don't think that's hard to set up at all. And they're all going to have to be the same? 
No, it, obviously they're not all the same. So as you get closer to New Year's, they're worth more and more. But I do think any cash prize at the lower bowls, it'll be mean even more because the teams are worse and they're getting less NIL money. Like those are probably lower paid players already. Yeah, I, I think, I mean, in your scenario, by the way, so you're having 12 and done. You mean everybody just goes home? It just They're doesn't going make any home sense. anyway. No, I mean, you get that three weeks of practice and the fans get to travel somewhere and root for their team. Like, Meanwhile, most why of would those, you want less college football? But most of those games end up losing money. And you, you're asking fans to travel. I mean, you're talking about a small percentage here. This is really just a television product. And I really don't want no, people I think to come. Fans in. are into it. I think if you root for a school and they're in a bowl game, you're going to totally be into it. And you're going to go watch your team, who you're not even sure who's going to suit up, go play whoever. But like, if you do move the transfer portal, I think that'll immediately uh, alleviate a lot of these problems. But if you put a cash prize, yeah, I think teams are going to be really into it. Say you, I mean, I don't think it's that much. Much to say, all right, twenty thousand dollars per player. Uh, for the for the active roster, I, I think guys would go all out for that. These are college 000. kids. Can you imagine how much pizza that would buy? After taxes, it's become a big business now, and it, you're going to have to really incentivize even more than this. To me, the bowls are are over anyway. So that's our great debate for this Wednesday. Bowl season, can it be saved and should it be saved? I say no. Perloff says yes. 855-212-4CBS. Yes, EJ. Yeah, so I think Perloff mentioned a couple of things. One thing that I think was interesting was the idea of paying the player. So, and as Perloff said, there's a payout for all of these bowl games. So let's take the Alamo Bowl, which is a pretty good bowl game. Not obviously a New Year's Day bowl game, sure. but a good bowl game. The payout for that for each team is $8 million or total $8 million for okay. all the teams. If you divide that by, let's say, 150 kids, let's say there's 75 kids on each team, that would give each kid $55,000. So, I mean, that's more than even the 20 we were just talking about before, and that's for a game that probably would have a couple guys that maybe yeah. uh, go into the NFL. Okay, so great in theory. The people who are getting that money now, you're expecting them to give it back? You're going to have to sue to get that. Like, I, you think that I, – I read this, that uh, the athletic director from Ohio State makes $35,000 for Ohio State to go and lose to Missouri, right, and look right. bad. He makes $35,000. He's giving that back now? Like – you're asking Alamo to pay more now. You're asking ESPN to pay more. Like, the ripple effect of this is not just give the players money. Like, think about NIL. NIL is not the schools paying the players. It's the boosters now having to pony up. For now. For now, but that's how For it's now. working. So yeah, you're it's expecting this, the way this system has worked where everyone's been getting fat off of this besides the players, and now you want that to just automatically change because out of the goodness of their hearts? Yeah, Guys, you sound of, super naive. I think it's about, about saving the sport, as Perloff is saying. It's about saving the bowl yeah. season. They, like it's they have no choice. It's about survival. Who cares about the bowls anymore when you've got a twelve team playoff? Like I, I think there's an economic incentive for people to wake up and say, Oh, we're not gonna be able to hog all the money anymore. How about this? The economic incentive of televising these playoff games when they get to twelve. That's going to be bigger than any Cheez-It Bowl. No offense to Cheez-Its. It's going to be bigger than anything because the television money you're going to get from the playoffs is going to be is going to it's going to trump everything. Well, here's a, the reality, though. I, I think it's a very interesting debate, but the yeah. reality is they're they're not going to they need a longer college football season. They, they can't just stop uh, at the end of the regular season. There's just not enough inventory. But it's but it's such a crappy product. Like you're yeah, but the, but it can easily be improved. How many bowls Just did you guys watch? Like. 
three. Nice. I watched that Clemson Kentucky game, which was actually great. You'll get a weird good game in there. Every I don't know why the randomly you'll get. A- yeah, because you need you need a quarterback who's coming back, and you you need a lot of things to go there. I had a quarterback who wants to improve his draft stock, but there, you don't have to. And watch I watched some bowls. of that Pop Tart Bowl, and it's, I it's background noise. You don't have to watch any of it. Yeah, but it's still better than nothing because the other op- <laughs> the other option is nothing. That's not really an option. No, you just keep expanding the playoffs more and more. And so more. if you, if that's your argument and you're saying a sixty four team football playoff, you know people are going to hate that. Well, they hated it at first when the NCAA tournament went to sixty eight, and now look at it. I can't even imagine it any other way. But sixty, yeah, you can imagine sixty four. I mean, the sixty eight is or sixty super- whatever, sixty four. Like wait, who and- hate? But by the way, that was nineteen eighty. Three. I'm telling you. <laughs> How was, do you know people hate there it? Were, there was backlash You weren't then. even born. I, I was barely born. And, that I, was, was and I was pissed <laughs> off. No, no I mean, <laughs> I think the, the fear with a 64-team playoff is it'll water down the regular season way too much. Congrats. Like, that's, that's what's happening now. This is the model and how it's moved. Every single sport has expanded the playoffs and watered down the regular season. Why would we think college football would be any different? And by the way, saving the bowls doesn't do anything about co- about the regular season. Congrats, you get to go to the Pop Tarts Bowl. Like now, I care. No, well, one thing it does save you from going to a sixty-four team tournament, which would be, I think, a real problem. I, but you think they're going to go from twelve to twenty-four at some point? It uh, might not I get to know. sixty-four, but it's going to expand past twelve. Guys, come on, we've already seen this uh, this movie. I I'm not sure. Once you get more money, you never stop saying, "Give me less money." And then the networks want to pay for playoff games. They want to play for one and dones that are meaningful. Or they'll play more for it, put it that way. Yeah, I just, I think they look at college basketball and say, uh oh, that is not what we want to be. But they love the tournament. The tournament brings in billions. It's going to take six weeks to to play, too. You're going to have to figure out how you're going to do that and how you're not going to run into the NFL playoffs. And how you're not going to shorten up the regular season if you want to keep the regular season the way it is. Because the regular season makes a lot of money for college football. I don't, I don't think it makes anything for college basketball. I mean, the, the less and less these guys are actual students, the less and less they actually have to stay on a school calendar. I mean, why, why not start this thing in early August or whatever? Like, we're all kidding ourselves anyway that at this level of college football – that they're actually expected to I be I can't believe on I'm saying calendar. this, but I would rather have a silly Pop-Tart Bowl than, than a 32 or 64 totally team agree. Yeah. Oh, you yeah. guys, I, whether whether you want that or not, look at where the wheels of the sport are going. Like, look at what the direction it's moving. Yeah, I mean, they, it, it's amazing that they've resisted expanding for as long as they have. They're incredible at slowing down progress in college football. <laughs> they're, they're a unique sport. The fact that, I mean, Fifteen years ago, they knew they could have made billions off this Final Four and this Final Eight, but the bowl people were so powerful, they kept them from doing it. So they're pretty good at resisting change. And think of how the conferences basically shot themselves in the foot because they made it four when you have five power fives. (laughs) Like, basically, the Pac-12 kind of ushered in, in some ways, their own demise off of that anyway. They just never thought they'd be the odd people out. uh, One more irony about college football. This is from our buddy Albert Breer. The fact that they... They were worried the games were too long, so they changed the clock, which kind of sucks. Yeah. And then they have their commercial breaks are 30 seconds longer than they used to be, so they're still having as many crappy commercials. Yeah, like, we can we can make the game faster, enough time to squeeze in more commercials. <laughs> but they the don't make the game faster the because players. 7 million commercials. <laughs> uh, okay, so that's the great debate for today. Bowl season, can it be saved? Should it be saved? 855-212-4CBS. Let us know what you think about it. Coming up next. Oh. 
so much more to do, including the one story in the NFL that has our blood absolutely boiling. Both of us, Perloff and I, aligned on this one because we just can't get over it. Get to that next. Maggie and Perloff, CBS Sports Radio. All right, we're back here on Maggie and Perloff. You know I was an English major, Maggie. So I pride I myself. <laughs> I, I pride myself on proper grammar and getting expressions right, which ironically I never do. But last night, I was at jury duty, as I always am. Yeah, when does gra- this end, by the way? Never. I am permanently, <laughs> I am moonlighting. I have two jobs, host of the Maggie and Perloff <laughs> show and jurist. You know, it's funny. It's like uh, when you play pickup football and someone's the all-time QB. Yeah. Like, you're the all-time <laughs> juror. You're just in there. You're juror number 10 from now to eternity. I got to be honest. I might be a better juror than I am radio host. I'm pretty good at this point. I understand the legal How do you concept. become good or bad? I understand. We... Actually, there are 23 of us. We all know exactly what's happening in every case. We know the... We can help the lawyers now. Is this like an episode of Law & Order where you know who the murderer is from the opening credits? It's basically four weeks of watching Law & Order and thinking I'm a lawyer. (laughs) That's it. Or a cop. Yes. I I know the second... Thank God you're not either. uh, Yeah. yeah, We'll sit around. We'll say, like, I don't know if that lawyer uh, explained vouchering right or something. (laughs) Some crazy legal term. Okay. So I said... To my fellow jurists yesterday, I have to leave at 10 of 5. He said, I have to drive my daughter somewhere. Yeah. And a guy next to me, a young guy, says, 10 of 5? What does that mean? I said, 10 of 5, 450. He's like, you mean 10 to 5? You guys got to get out of this room. Well. <laughs> There's going to be another murder. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to so, be real bad. But this was smart all in-house. Yeah. Kill him and then immediately have a grand jury session. And then also represent yourself. Yeah. Sadly, this was the most interesting thing that happened on jury duty yesterday. <laughs> But it did bring up, so I went to the social medias and mm-hmm. asked people, do you say nine, did you say 10 to five or 10 of five? And I found out that most people do say 10 to five, but 10 of five is acceptable, although it doesn't make any sense. Did four, this bother this person that you said 10 of five yes. instead of 10 to five? Man, so I don't want that person on my jury. But I did get a lot of support. Uh, basically, my favorite is my old friend Chris Law from the NFL said, when you say nine to five, I immediately think of the Dolly Parton song. <laughs> that's so true. that's nine, five of nine. Uh, <laughs> but what do you guys say? Say 4.50 p.m. in the afternoon. How do you describe that? 4.50. You say, oh, you don't say, you never say quarter of. Uh, I say quarter of, maybe. I've never thought about it because it's what? so inane. It's not inane. Bogus, what do you do? Well, first of all, I'm mad at you because I saw your tweet on this, and then I spent a good 20 minutes like talking to myself about how I say time. Yeah. <laughs> and it's definitely 10 to 5. But I would have understood what you meant, but I would have always said 10 to 5. Okay. EJ? I would agree with Bogus. Okay. Yeah. Bilotti, I have no idea what you're, you're going to say. <laughs> what time? For me, it's either 450 or 10 to 5. 10 to 5. Okay. But if I said 10 of 5, yeah, you all know. Yeah, it's not like we know what you're 10. getting at. Yeah. I, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. You guys got to get out of this room because you're starting to get on each other's nerves in a way that <laughs> is like married couples did, or something. Did that guy have a club in his hand or something? <laughs> no, but <laughs> I got all the people. A lot of people said, I've never heard of 10 of 5. And a lot of people say, that's a British way to say it. And I was like, wow, that's cool. Are you the <laughs> oldest guy in this room? What's that? Are you the oldest guy oh, in this hell room? hell yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah. Wow. When I watch British TV, they say like, Half seven for seven thirty, which is weird. What? Why do you watch yeah. British TV? What do you watch? I, uh, right now, I'm watching Slow Horses on Apple TV. It's everyone a, keeps telling me to watch that. Great, Gary Oldman, right? Yes. Wait, do you Hill. do it with subtitles? 
No, no, I I just that's listen. That's when you need See, I would definitely need him for a British show. Yeah. No, no, it's you not that bad. You ever seen Lock, Stock, and Two Stop with Smoking Barrels? No <laughs> clue what they that, said in that movie. I don't know movie. what language that is. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Peaky great, Blinders great, needed. Great British Bake Off? <laughs> definitely needed for that. What did you say? Peaky Blinders? Peaky Blinders needed closed captioning, yeah. for sure. Mr. Bean. Watch Mr. Bean closed captioning. <laughs> just dot, dot, dot. Oh, great, Very funny. Great Peaky. British Bake Off. They're making stuff you never heard of before and in an accent. You got to gotta have it on. By the way, Bogus and I are having more in common. He's a slow Gary Oldman fan. I've seen the movie Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy 150 times. Oh, I fell the, asleep in that I've movie. read the book. The British spy movie with Gary Oldman. So I'm totally into this. Uh, See, it, but you won't let Bogish go with you to San Antonio if yeah. Wembenyama wins Rookie of the Year. Perloff, this is one of our show bets, not the yeah. first one that will get paid off in 2024. That's EJ and myself wearing a wrestling singlet because we bet against Michigan. Different wrestling singlets. That's not like you're going to squeeze it in the same one. I know. I keep making that mistake. <laughs> speaking, speaking of grammar, I keep making that mistake. We'll wear our own separate wrestling singlets, but the second bet or one of the bets that will get paid off in 2024 is Perloff will have to drive to San Antonio and apologize to Victor Wembanyama if he wins Rookie of the Year because yeah. you called him Wembustyama. And Bogish offered to go with you, and you said no. Yeah. And that was like the first day of the show. Because I could sense it. I, I felt the connection, and it's becoming no. clear no, by the you day. Want, you want to get out of the house and get out of having to wake up early and come in here and do radio. And Bilotti probably, with young kids, wants to go, too. Wait, I Not just everybody, And I'm sure you kind of want to go, too. Well, I hate road trips, but you're just assuming that you guys don't have to wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning and still get on the road. I imagine you'd have to keep the same schedule. But three, You're not going to drive at 3 o'clock in the morning. It's the best time to drive. Mm-hmm. But. But bogus now you're finding out you guys got all this stuff in common. You like the same music. You watch no, the don't. same shows. I yeah. am not yeah. a jam band guy. But he likes pavement, don't you? Yeah. Let's there go with go. that. <laughs> Anything uh, from the 90s. He's just Actually, making no. the case. He's, he'll agree with anything just yeah. to get on this road trip at this point. By May, let's drive. Say, Eagles, sure. <laughs> Sixers, <laughs> love them. Yeah. Joel Embiid. Philly socks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, we're in the Philly socks. Let's find him in the trash. I don't think Bogus and I have the same aesthetic at all. It's pretty damn close, guys. Really? I feel like he's kind of a hippie. <laughs> only comparison to you. Wait, Bogus is a hippie? Yeah, Where'd Bo- you get that from? I just feel like he, you know, he liked to sort of kick back, maybe smoke something of questionable origin and listen to Dave it's, Matthews' band. That is not me at all. He told one story about falling asleep in his house at a party. Now he's like, I that missed that day. Yeah, yeah that, not exactly the hippie right, drink Right, exactly. Vodka. I feel like Maggie and Bogus have a lot more in common than me and Bogus. Mm, I I like the Grateful Dead, which I guess Out. is kind of close. Yeah. <laughs> close to Dave Matthews, not uh, not in yeah. my book. Wait, what are you talking about? I mean, listen, did a lot of Deadheads go on to fish, or maybe Dave Matthews? Yeah, no. but there's there's a whole other level of jam band. Like Dave's songs are like eleven minutes, and Grateful Dead songs and like Fish songs hours. can be like two hours. <laughs> yeah. Also, I like the Dead because my older brother liked the Dead, not yeah. because I was on tour with Jerry. You know, <laughs> I was a little late for that. I was like nine when Jerry unfortunately passed away. But yeah. no, I think the Perloff and Bogish. First of all, Bogish isn't a hippie. Yeah, the Hartford uh, Whaler sweater. Yeah. <laughs> He's not I'm the biggest nerd sack. in the room until you show up. That's uh, the only. EJ difference. takes the cake on that. EJ's uh, our biggest nerd. I'm yeah. sorry. That's true. Yeah, I mean, look, I don't. There I don't are eight Robins. No, yeah. <laughs> EJ last night is forgetting. Like, it might be low on that number. I'd like, like to get it by uh, over under on that. We're getting off our call last night, and EJ's like, all right, I got a Marvel DC podcast I got to get to. We're like, all right. That was what I was doing last night. <laughs> I was up late trying to finish it and get what ready for the show today. What was a uh, topic? I'm just Big dieting. topic. Uh, Kang recast. What's the girlfriend? Apparently it's happening. Oh. <laughs> That's God, the why they, just, huh? they need to let Kang go. No, but they might do Colson Domingo, who's a fantastic <laughs> actor. Yeah, what is You're going to recast Kang? <laughs> all right. He 
wait a minute. Great. I think we were wrong. It's Perloff and EJ yeah. that are yeah. the same. <laughs> Drive yourself. No, but we'll talk about no, the no, NBA. Then no. now he'll but be strangling EJ, me. I'll be strangling take, him. Take a bug. No, no, EJ and I happen to disagree. He he likes like Aquaman. He likes the crappiest. No, 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 superhero you guys, Aquaman in the last Lost Kingdom was really good, and people saying that it's trash. Don't know what the hell they're talking about. So EJ and Perloff That's on right. this road trip wouldn't even be able to get through the Lincoln Tunnel before they started talking about the Knicks. And somebody would kick somebody else out of the car. Yeah, it's like it's like the friend, the great friends that like yell and argue with each other all the time. That's me and Perlo. I was just—it'd be hard for me. I I still need to explain how R.J. Barrett a month ago was a great player in EJ's mind, and now they got rid of nothing for O.J. and <laughs> no, oh my God. O.G. To, first of all, you not get O.J. I I ninety five. You start talking about the in season tournament, and all of a sudden EJ's walking on the side of the mile. Yeah, or someone's veering the car right off the road into <laughs> into a ditch somewhere. I think I think me and Bilal are the closest. Actually, maybe that's right. Yeah. I hear I, I, I Bilotti say <laughs> things. I'm like, I secretly identify. Be <laughs> disagrees. That, that, would be, that would be like the odd couple I have a feeling. <laughs> I don't see you guys as the same same, but maybe. Actually, I, I have no idea what Bilotti does when he's not in this building. No one does. I don't does. either. <laughs> <laughs> like, what movies Bilotti likes? No, I love the slightest uh, I, 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 I like I like, like, see movie comedies. So, like, My Blue Heaven. I love that movie. Love my Maybe it's me and Velani. Twenty-five years ago, yeah. <laughs> it's a great movie. Focus, you worked with him for a while. A general rule of Pete's pop culture uh, likes is pre nineteen eighty eight. Wait a minute, how did Velani just pull my blue heaven out of the out of the thin air? No, That's not the thin so air. He watched You're it yesterday. Melt all this stuff. <laughs> it's so good. Rick Moranis, Steve Martin, EJ. Have you seen this movie? It's Italian Definitely for not. Uh, it's Italian for extra special. <laughs> It's so good. It's so dumb. <laughs> it's a great premise. It's like a guy who's a mobster who has to go into witness protection, and Rick Moranis is the FBI agent who has to protect him. And or Jane Cusack is in the movie. Yeah, that, does yeah, to be fair, I mean, this cast I'm looking at is fire. It's great. What kind of Italian dishes do you have? Macaroni and cheese. <laughs> <laughs> They're in San Diego, aren't they? Right. Love the Padres. <laughs> Yeah. Pete's got nothing on like wedding crashers. But, or, but, okay, what? actually, Maggie and Pete Wait, are close. Pete, what Please. do you have on What About Bob? Oh, I love yeah. that movie. Now, by the way, I know Mag- Maggie's sale. movie taste is. You guys are I think, movie twins. I think it's you guys me are and definitely Pete who are driving twins. to San Antonio with ch- chatting the whole way. Uh, hi. What? Did you just say What About Bob, by the way? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, I'm sailing. I'm a sailor. <laughs> Thank Dr. you. Leo, Marvin. <laughs> yes. Finally, I found my spirit animal on this show. <laughs> Pete, you found me. That's right. <laughs> so yeah. you guys are driving. Bob? Let's take three cars to San Antonio. <laughs> See which one makes it. And then we'll just switch halfway through. Maggie and Pearl off the great, the great race. Yeah. And, and I will record all the conversations and put out a poll. Which is the more interesting conversation? <laughs> me and EJ debating DC versus Marvel. Maggie and Pete celebrating, on... celebrating 1993 comedies. <laughs> and me singing a live in Central Park Dave song. Oh. <laughs> by myself in my car. Because no, I just got dropped from this. If, if this that... began with me trying to make a new friend, no. and now I've got nothing. Now you're on a moped <laughs> listening to DMB on your headphones alone. Just jamming out on a lawn somewhere. Yeah. Well, really got to be rooting for Chet Holmgren right now. By the way, when we started this job, uh, Bogus did say something to Maggie and I. He's like, you're not going to really be able to figure out Bilotti immediately. <laughs> <laughs> I get it now. You I... said it as sort of, it was a warning slash just piece of information. He's like, you think you might know him? You're really Wait, not going to get a, a handle on him. Police Academy? 
Uh, yes. Okay. Yes, I will watch, but not on my list. <laughs> Let me open up your world. <laughs> <laughs> when, I like when they write dork on his chest. I remember that Police part. Academy 4, That's... Mission Miami Beach. Yes. <laughs> we are in. Do you hey, know dork? This, do you know this franchise better than Rocky? I know Police Academy franchise. Like, I'm waiting for the one day I'm on Jeopardy, and they're like, Police Academy <laughs> for the daily double. I'll be like, oh, my gosh. Okay, Naked Gun. Yes, 100%. Yes. Bingo. I think 11-year-old Maggie sat in front of cable television and watched these movies 100 times. Yeah, this is not a really good, uh, like, um, ring endorsement for my parents. <laughs> I had a I lot of time to kill. endorsement for your parents. They were very busy. So I needed a babysitter, which the- was Leslie Nielsen. <laughs> <laughs> Focus just headlines. Yeah, let's do so some well. serious stuff. Yeah. Uh, we know how much Maggie loves her hockey smut. Maybe the NBA has some, too. Fires the fadeaway five-foot jumper, rips the cord. Thunder by four, timeout Celtics. Jalen Williams pumps his fist. The crowd arouses. Uh, keep it in your pants, crowd. That was Matt Pinto on Thunder Radio. Uh, OKC fans enjoying... A 127-123 decision over the Celtics. The Thunder have now won five in a row, eight of nine. The hot stretch includes wins over the Celtics, the T-Wolves, the Clippers, and the Nuggets twice. Rookie of the year fave Chet Holmgren sounding like a vet postgame. As far as as long-term, you know, it (laughs) doesn't really prove anything, I guess you could say, or like it doesn't kind of satisfy anybody. You know, we, we know we have a long ways to go. Holmgren, 14 points, 7 assists, 4 blocks in support of Shea Gilgis-Alexander. He scored 36. Victor Weminyama had 20 points, grabbed 7 boards, blocked 4 shots, but the Spurs lost again, 106-98 in Memphis. Mm. The Pelicans smoked the Nets, 112-85, and Joel Embiid returned from a 4-game ankle injury with 31 points, 15 rebounds, and 10 helpers in a 110-97 <laughs> win over the Bulls. I'm sorry, Pete's just been saying naked gun lines in my ear. Yeah, that's how he flirts. Again, I used to get that. (laughs) So funny. I'm crying. (laughs) Sorry. Back to the basketball. Whatever. Baseball. It doesn't matter. All right. Uh, We won't know if Matthew Stafford makes the Hall of Fame for years, but we know now that Rams head coach Sean McVay sticking around. You're tied for second in Rams history now for regular season wins. Nice. I did not know that. That's cool. Congratulations. Appreciate that. Come on. I I really didn't. John Robinson ahead of you. How far ahead? Within striking distance next season, if you can promise us there's going to be a Coach McVay show 2024 edition. This, that I can promise you. So I guess if there's a show, he's the head coach. Enough uh, that of this guy. McVay. Right, hey, really. go back to your movie liners, enough, okay? Enough of this guy like he's been around as long as Parcells, all right? Relax. Well, Pete is empowered right now. No, it's, I, 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 we've had to hear about this for, for a couple of years now. He's going to retire every year now. I mean, stop. Enough. Enough. When you retire, tell us. I agree with people 100%. Is he 41 years old? How old I don't think he's that old. No, I think he's like 38. But I don't. Yeah. I feel like this was relatively unprompted. Oh my God, he's 37. <laughs> yeah, like were we, were we really worried that... Yeah, well, last year he, he was no, basically last, like, begging to leave. He was begging to leave last year, basically. He was, he was but I thought the Fox good now. by last year. Right, but that was last year. I thought this was now But that's settled. what's so corny about this. It's like, okay, when your team looked garbage and it looked like you had no future, now you're like, okay, Fox, NBC, somebody give me $12 million to call games. And then you decide to come back. Now your team looks good. It's like, oh, no, I'll be back. Yeah. Well, I can promise you I'll be back. 
that is the most corny thing from Sean McVay. I'm sorry. He dominated the headlines this time last year talking about how, he, you know, look, he wanted to start a family. I know he has a new wife, new baby. That's amazing. Okay, that's something that you want to do? Fine. Then don't come to next year. Now that you have an infant and we talk about, oh, are you going to be back next year? Why would anybody think I'm not going to be back? What's the difference now? Oh, good. Now you got Puka Nakua and you got some stars? Come on. And a new Thank contract. You. Yeah, well, you know, having kids, though, EJ, you haven't been there yet. It does make you think crazy things. Sleep <laughs> <laughs> it makes I you just want to tell you that. Everything. Yeah, yeah. Drive yeah. to San you know, Antonio my wife's, theory, my wife's theory is not the receivers in Kansas City. She thinks that having two under five for Patrick Mahomes is absolutely <laughs> killing his career right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But see him at that New Year's party? I mean, he yeah. definitely was letting loose. Oh yeah, because gosh. he hasn't slept he, in three months. He probably had two beers. I don't think that was it. That was not the reason why <laughs> no, I tell you, he's a lightweight right now. I was like that. Uh, what I hey Sean McVay is younger than Joe Flacco, and he's thinking about retiring. How is that possible? I think that it's it was a burnout. It was burnout, and In then it was 30s a ruse as a coach. Well, here's the other part: you go to Fox or you go to CBS, and then what happens? You become a even better yeah. coach in hindsight, yeah. and you get even more money. Get the John Gruden yeah. contract. I didn't think about that. That's actually that's not a bad plan. I, I Sean also, Payton, I, look how much money he got. I also think he realized at that time how bad the draft pick situation was, and that they gave up basically everything to build this team. And I think he was like thinking of getting of pulling the parachute. <laughs> when do you think he noticed <laughs> when they coined the slogan "F them picks"? <laughs> 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 Maybe that's when he and, uh, yeah. figured it out. I mean, when Aaron Donald finally retires, though. Then he'll retire. I and get he that. He threatened to retire too. Remember the guy? Oh my! My team's bad. Now let me let me get out of here. Like, well, he said on. that after the Super Bowl. I know, and like at least look, he plays a physical sport. He, I don't feel as bad about Aaron Donald, but right. McVay thing. Like I, I cannot stand the coach that runs to family, runs to personal issues as to why they have to quit. Urban Meyer, um, a million times when his team doesn't look that good, right. Right. and but then McVay once his team is good, quit, then he's the like, way. oh, I feel great, and I can coach again. Yeah, I mean. I understand the frustration. Don't bring Urban Meyer in this. McVay didn't quit. Maybe he was just negotiating because he got a new deal. And again, he was asked about this out of nowhere by his buddy. He didn't do anything to bring this up now. He was just answering a question. But it was because he in took a joking the whole, way. I know, but it was because he took the whole dominant storyline of last year and made it about himself. Should have been about the playoffs. Instead, it was about, is this young wonderkin coach going to retire at 37 years old? So, of course, this year we're going to be like, well, are you going to be back? Like, I don't think that it was a ridiculous question. The question is, yes. Meanwhile, you'll have you have and on the other side of the coin, you'll have Popovich, who does who's not going to go away, or no, Belichick, no matter how bad the teams are. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Belichick, def- I mean, he's going to go somewhere else. Right? Uh, for the record, too, right? He wants the all-time win record. I mean, he hasn't said that. I think that's mm. people kind of projecting it on him. It also uh, seemed very easy a couple of years ago. Very, very close. Yeah, it's like, oh, this is great. Yeah. 12 wins a year. I'm yeah, going to knock Mac, this thing out. Then Mac Jones came around. And I was like, <laughs> uh, maybe not so easy. <laughs> Uh, men's college hoops last night, number 18, Baylor opened its new arena with a 98-79 win over Cornell. The Foster Pavilion cost $212 million and seats seven grand. And we got a few more details about Yoshinobu Yamamoto's 12-year, $325 million deal with the Dodgers uh. yesterday. The Japanese righty can opt out after the 2031 or 33 World Series if he has Tommy John surgery or misses extended time because of his right elbow, anywhere between 2024 and 29. If that elbow stays healthy, he can bail after the 29 or 31 World Series. And while he can't veto any trade, he can opt out of the deal after any season in which he is moved. Guys, back to you. Thank you, Bogus. What is the year 
that you have to say to make you feel like, wow, like 2030? Oh, it feels like way Whoa. into the future. Yes. 2024. Right oh, now, no. 2024. I'm kind of 20- used to the 2020s now. I feel like 2030 would be like, wow, I guys, can't believe I've been around this long. It's the old Conan O'Brien skit. In the <laughs> year 2000. Oh, even I'm like, wow, that's a futuristic time. That's <laughs> 23 years ago. He was doing that bit in 2005. <laughs> yeah, well, I know. And where did he start in 96 or something? And uh, yeah, no, it's crazy. I mean... In 2030, AI is going to be so ridiculous that I yeah. don't think we're going to recognize things. Oh, we won't be here. AI will have taken over. No, oh, great. I think mm-hmm. we're going to be here. Termin- I mean, Terminator style. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's assuming that there are seven other ways to plan it ends before that. No, yeah. <laughs> yes, let's get into this upper That's a poll. What's going to bring us all down by 2030? This yeah. conversation's an hour in that car. Have you guys heard about it? <laughs> This speed. is why I don't want to ride with Perloff. He's Just gonna, you know. Do you have your bunker ready? It's like, no, I don't. <laughs> you guys know about the gray sludge, right? Have you gotten into this at all? No. What's that? AI will start creating a little, these little gray particles and repeating itself, and there's no way to stop the repeating until a gray sludge covers the entire planet and no one lives within a week. Right. Wait, you handled Aaron Rodgers recently? No, it's a gray gray sludge. It's definitely the way AI is going to get us. It's not going to be like the Terminator. Let's keep exploring that. Wait. (laughs) It's creating gray. And what does the gray sludge do? It it knocks out the water system or what? No, it just covers everything. So the whole planet is covered in gray sludge. You can't breathe. There's no oxygen. There's just gray sludge. Just think about it. Once AI starts creating these little particles, how do you stop it? But why are they going to create the particle? How are we predicting that now? Is AI telling us that AI is going to make us gray sludge. I mean, we just assume robots want to kill us, right? I mean, that's fact <laughs> number one. Well, that I do agree with, but I I don't get this. This method feels like a Bond villain came up with it. It's like, right. you could just kill us all. Why yeah. do you have to do this Lasers. elaborate? Yeah, why do you have a it's laser even, on a shark's it's head not even you can just elaborate. wipe us out? Some kid in the basement could create a self-replicating gray particle or and then we're done. just put a tablespoon of botulism in the water table and we're all yeah. going to be dead. I mean, there's an easier way to do this. I mean, it's not going to be Terminator. It's not going to be, as I always joke, it's not going to be Future Andrew Perloff runs in and says, turn off the toaster. It's about to kill you. Definitely that won't. is not how it's going to go down. And then he calls me and is just like, is your toaster on? <laughs> is your fridge running? <laughs> Thank you, Bogish. Run away from your fridge. <laughs> Smart oh, fridges. Boy. That's what's going to bring us all down. <laughs> it's a poison the food. Again, it's like a Bond villain created all these, these ideas when they can just, you know, wipe out the electric grid. We'll all start killing each other. <laughs> Anywho, go see that movie about the wrestlers. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Um, we have more to do, including, again, a story that is just not sitting right with me and Perloff. We'll get to that next. Maggie Perloff. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. 
Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. CBS Sports Radio. Welcome back. Maggie Gray, Andrew Perloff. You know, generally, Perloff, you and I are kind of on opposite sides of things. It's rare when we totally agree on sports topics, but this one, I think we're actually in lockstep with each other. Ooh. I have no idea where you're going. (laughs) Well, it's about the Denver Broncos and how they could potentially be in trouble for how they have handled this Russell Wilson situation. Now, we were off during this time, so this ridiculous story, if indeed this is the way that it played out, which is the Broncos going to Russell Wilson, asking him to either waive or change uh, guaranteed clauses in his contract, guaranteed for injury, and if he didn't, to threat to bench him over that is egregious. I mean, the you cannot play that kind of hardball yeah. with someone, and I hate to say this, especially not someone who is a future Hall of Fame quarterback who you traded for and then you decided to yeah. pay. You're trying to sort of make up for a mistake that you made in the first place with this crazy contract. I, I think that there's something wrong with this franchise. I really do believe this. And part of it is some personal experiences. One of my good buddies, Case Keenum, went there, yeah. had a great year in Minnesota, peak of his powers, goes to Denver, and they just do everything wrong. So they surrounded Russ with a crap team. And basically, Sean Payton, who's a great coach, couldn't do anything about it either. So I think Russell Wilson was in a bad spot here. I don't think Russell Wilson actually declined as bad as some people think. I don't think he played badly, did he? Not bad enough to where you would go to him with this kind of proposition. Because, first of all, who do you think you're messing with here? Now, again, this is if all of this is true. And Russ came out and and said this was the situation. He didn't go into the granular detail of it. But nobody from the Broncos' side has come out to refute anything. Well, this is how it happened, though. Bleacher Reports, Jordan Schultz, our good buddy, said this is what happened. That they came to Russ in October and asked to renegotiate his contract. Then the Broncos reporter said that's absolutely not true. This national guy doesn't know what he's talking about. Then Russell Wilson almost verbatim said what Jordan Schultz said. There's no way Russell Wilson would lie about that. No, because it's, essentially he is ushering in his own exit from the Denver Broncos. And what's funny exactly. about this is you look back now at everything that's happened this season, and you can't help but look at everything in a totally different light. You know, Aaron Rodgers actually said this yesterday on the Pat McAfee show because he's a, just opining on everything and anything now. Um, he said he believes that Sean Payton never wanted uh, Russell Wilson. Well, that's true. (laughs) And now this is looking like even more true. So they went to him in the bye week and said, we're going to bench you if you allegedly said, we're going to bench you if you don't comply with our demands, which is essentially like taking money out of your pocket. And then they rattled off five wins in a row. And you're talking about Sean Payton and and Russell Wilson having dust-ups on the sideline that were explained away in certain ways. I mean, this thing... Seems like it was doomed from the absolute beginning. And here's my question. Like, Russell Wilson is going to lose this power power play. And it'll be the second power play he will have lost, right? He We know that he went in Seattle and tried to either get uh, Pete Carroll or John Schneider, the general manager, fired. He lost that power play and got traded away. Now he's going to lose this one. He does might not deserve to, but he's going to lose this one. Like, But wait, why is he losing this power play? He gets to get out of Denver. Well... Okay, but he doesn't. There's no way he wants to be there, does he? Well, but here's the thing: you get traded, you sign that extension because you believe you're the starter. Wherever right. he goes next, is mm. he going to be guaranteed to be the starting well, I guess quarterback? That's a big. But it doesn't feel like a. There's no real 
power struggle here because everyone knows they just paid Sean Payton. There's no, there's not a real struggle here. It's going to be Sean Payton's team. Russ knows that. Oh, I get it. Yeah. It's just interesting to me that he, there was probably a moment before Sean Payton got hired where Russell Wilson did have all the power. Remember the office, the parking yeah, spots, yeah. all that stuff. It was a problem. But the last trainers, year they were terrible. So I, that all terrible. went away. Right. And so now he's going to lose this one. And it's crazy to me because he's going to lose this power struggle to a coach who never wanted to coach him anyway. And can I take it one step further? Do we think that Sean Payton actually wanted to coach the Denver Broncos or did they make him an offer that he couldn't refuse and now he's here? The money was too good. The power was too much. I mean, this is a guy who said he liked doing television and, by the way, only wanted to go to a coaching destination where he could play golf. He Which, openly said that. Yeah, Denver's a great golf town. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure the ball sails a mile yeah, high. Probably hit because him. the weather's more tempered than people know. But but Sean Payton gets to start over a quarterback, and Russell Wilson gets to start over, even if he's a backup. I think we'll see him on the field again at some point. So I, I don't. But that's I don't not the about, ending that Russ wants. But he gets here. to get away from Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, and and offensive linemen who jump off sides any chance they get. I. This is a it's a bad team. Okay, but Russ, think about is, it. Russ cannot. First of all, Russ's numbers are pretty good in Denver. I think if he went to a real offense, they'd look even better. But this has got to be a massive ego blow for Russ. I mean, I, I think last year any ego Russ had left went away last year. Really? I mean, how could remember last year? No, it was awful. But you could blame it on Nathaniel Hackett. You could blame it on all uh, injuries. You could blame it on all this other stuff. Now, basically, this organization is saying no thanks. Yeah, of course not. I mean, it, this. I think this party already ended in Denver. It was it was over a long time ago. They were one in five. I mean, Russ, by the way, has great numbers this year. Egregious what the Denver Broncos did to Russell Wilson. Whether you like him or not, whether you think he has anything left or not, if this is true and they try to shake him down like this, that is just awful.